1: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
2: we are back with the uh, beach and company up sandy beach I, I heard the da in the uh, last newscast uh, discussing the legal ramifications of someone spitting on a policeman and saying i have the virus okay just let me tell you something if i were a policeman uh, which I'm not, but if I were a policeman and somebody spit on me, I would, I would uh, have another charge. The extra charge that I would add on is that the man repeatedly was attacking my billy club with his head. Uh, he was trying to break my club with his head, and that's an extra charge because that's government uh, property. Uh, spitting on a cop, as far as I know, cops uh, don't give up uh, their right to self-defense. If you legitimately thought that your spit could be lethal, that it could kill the cop, I think the cop could have a self-defense verdict, and he certainly could have one if I was on the jury. That's ridiculous. It is beyond ridiculous. People are doing stuff like that, uh, not just on cops, but on food. We had a story, what, a couple of days ago about somebody uh, going to uh, the fruit section and spitting on it, and they had to throw all the food, uh, fruit out, and it was uh, expensive because it was a big section. They had to do all of that, and then clean it all up, and uh, uh, people gone crazy. And people that do that should be locked up. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. And uh, God help them if I was preparing their food for jail. All right, uh, what do you think, Tony? Would you uh, allow somebody to spit on you?
1: No, I'd probably break their legs.
2: Yeah, that's just good. to be subtle. I think that's nice. Give, give, uh, uh, just a message. Sure. How about you, t- uh, uh, Buzzy? You're a manly man that can run fast and jump high. Yeah. Uh, what would you do if somebody spit on you? Uh, and it, said, it, I have the virus.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would not be kind about it. You know, I think it depends on who spit on me. <laughs> um,
2: but... Oh my God! <laughs> you may. You have a. Uh, there are there some people that you would allow to spit on you?
3: No, no. I think my reaction would be because like it was when that gentleman with no mask um, tried to go through the same door that I was coming out without giving me any space, I probably would be so um, paranoid I'd go right to the nearest sink and make sure I washed my entire body off because that would be the first thing I think about.
2: Yeah, I'm not good at that. Um, When I was 16 years old, um, I had a bit of an altercation Uh, In New York, uh, not in New York, in uh, Massachusetts, while getting my car inspected (laughs) with a grown man. If I did it now, I'd probably regret it, but uh, it seemed like the right thing at the time, and it worked for me. Let's put it that way. All right, line one, Bill in Eden. Bill, you're on WBEN.
4: Hey, Sandy, yeah, that sounds like assault, so that's nothing that anyone would want to have happen to them.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it it would be assault, especially if they... The person did the spitting believed he had a lethal weapon by doing it.
4: Well, you were asking about going outside, and I think it's important to be outside in the open air. And we want to be smart about knowing the way that this virus works. It seems like the way that it gets from person to person is the one person that has it sheds the virus, whether they know that they're symptomatic or not, and that's through their breathing out or their touching things. And I think we're more likely to probably get this by touching something that someone else has touched and then touching our nose or our mouth or our eyes.
2: Well, nobody's going to be dating the Kardashians then, but go ahead. Yeah, um, but
4: I mean, just in the open air, I think that the chances of getting it there are really, you know, slim. And you're probably more likely to, you know, touch something and then try to adjust your face mask. And then you're touching your nose and your eyes in the meantime, and you're making it worse almost, it seems. Plus, someone else brought up the idea that if you've got one of those cheaper kind of face masks, they might have microfibers and you might be breathing those in. So I figured just wear it as much, as little as you really need to, to be respectful of others in enclosed environments, but not necessarily in the open air.
2: Well, I saw yesterday when we were getting a milkshake there, people were very respectful of the six-foot rule. And um, uh, it seemed like it was a, a textbook case of people doing the right thing. And one person ordered, stepped away, uh, given plenty of room even stepping away. Another person ordered, stepped away, and then as they call your name, step forward. Uh, there wasn't one time in the um, half hour I was there, approximately half hour, where I would say there were anybody was in anybody else's space or caused any kind of a potential problem, so that's good. It was a little microcosm of the world, maybe, but it looked good to me.
4: And this is hay fever season coming up too, Sandy, isn't it? You know what happens? How your nose grips. What happens? You know, if you're wearing a mask and you have to sneeze, do you like? that twist? That's a good point. You've got all that there, and it's just that it sounds awful.
2: Well, let me tell you something. Uh, the the I think the most dreaded things is if you are out in any kind of a group setting, and you cough or sneeze, uh, and uh, I think. Uh, you'd be run out of the room uh, if you were inside, uh, but nothing you can do about it. You can't suppress a sneeze. If you try to suppress a sneeze, you can blow your eardrums out. Yeah. No, no question about that. It is not a healthy thing to do. Uh, the best you could do, I guess, was to cover up and turn your head and move uh, out of the out of the area, but do something.
4: You know how at the beginning they said regarding this whole thing that we're trying to flatten the curve, and we did that. We don't want to flatten the economy in the meantime, and we're trying to develop this herd immunity. We don't really want to get like a herd mentality that we just follow blindly.
2: Yeah, I understand. I'm not a fan of the herd mentality. Uh, What it says is, let the weak ones die, and uh, we'll, we'll survive. No, I think we've got to try and save as many people as we can. Let me ask you a question. If we had to reset, in other words... They said, "Okay, things are pretty pretty normal now," and everybody went back to doing what they're doing. And suddenly, we got another wave. Um, I think it would be devastating in more ways than we saw this first time around. Do you agree with that?
4: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, I remember looking at the curve or the, the graphs of the Spanish flu, and there was like a second wave. But remember, that was during the First World War, and I think it started over here, and then we had troops go to Europe, and they brought it over there. And not well, because... There's such a great, um, all these different people flying all over the world, you know, that I think a lot of this virus has spread and, and taken place. And it seems like this curve that takes place with it um, happens wherever it goes, regardless of whatever kind of um, try to, mitigation factors people try to put into place.
2: All right. Uh, good call. Good uh, things to uh, bring up. We'll uh, take a break on News Radio 930 WBEN. It is Beach and Company. I'm Sandy Beach. Here are the basic questions uh when the greater weather uh, arrives better than now we're starting to get some warmer temperatures but it's still cold outside but when the warm weather and sunny weather shows up are you going to be more antsy than ever to get out of the house because it's bad enough when the weather isn't great it's not luring you outside to do some project uh but when it's uh, when it's nice you want to be outside and you want to be doing things will you get uh, more antsy than you are now Will a reset be devastating? In other words, we get to a point where everybody's clamoring uh, to loosen the, uh, the restrictions. They finally get loosened. We all get out there, and suddenly we get another round, and they have to shut us down again, put us back in the houses. I think that'll be devastating, and I think a lot of people won't do it. And are you frightened by the virus? I heard somebody describe themselves as being frightened by it. I certainly respect it. Anything that can kill you, you have to have a certain amount of respect. I don't think I'm frightened by it, you know, because I'm doing what I'm told to do by people who know a lot more than I know. And by the way, we give a voice to everybody in the community and everybody in the greater community doesn't mean that because they have a voice that they're always right. Um, uh, I heard one voice yesterday while driving around in the car Uh, claiming Dr. Fauci and and the medical people there are trying to deceive us, uh, that they're lying to us, okay? I want some proof. Show me some proof. It's easy to make a a claim, but the person making the claim was of no note. It's just another person like you and I. Uh, I could make a claim that they're lying, but what proof do I have? And if I don't have proof, I wouldn't make the claim, and you haven't heard, you haven't seen the claim, have you? Now, doctors are human beings; they can have a difference of opinion. I buy that, okay? But I don't see what they have uh, to to gain, uh, especially the number of doctors that are involved by de- by deception. Because this thing is scary enough as it is, and that's why I'm asking: Are you frightened by it? Let's go to line two. This would be Charlie in Lockboard. Charlie, you're on WBEN. Hi, right, Sandy. How are you? I'm fine, Charlie. What do you have for us today?
5: All right. So um, I found myself agreeing with Bill and Eaton a lot. If we go back to where this whole thing started, remember the idea was to flatten the curve. Flatten right. The curve. No one said we could stop people from dying and that there was a treatment and a cure. The whole idea was to... Keep the infection rate low enough that we could manage it through the healthcare system.
2: Yeah, so it wouldn't overwhelm it. It's not like everybody's showing up at the same time.
5: Exactly. But at at some point, the um, the objective changed, and it's changed to control and people showing that they're smarter than others. Sandy, let me ask you a question: If we're in a shutdown mode, which we are, and we open up things, what's likely to happen to the infection rate?
2: Well, if we open up things, it's going to go up because uh, more people will be outside. More people will be in contact with other people. I don't think there's anything positive about it. Uh, I, think it uh, I think it'll uh, get higher.
5: It, exactly. It has to get higher. So, you know, the governor puts in all these measures. Uh, you know, the hospitalization rate must show a continuous decrease over two weeks in all these different things. Sandy, what's going to happen is these regions that open up, and hopefully Erie County will open up at some point, they're going to be shut down. I'm, I'm as sure as I'm sitting here, that's going to happen.
2: And you know what else is going to happen? There's a certain amount of people that won't rush in on the first wave. And they're, they're waiting to see, okay, that uh, the first airplane use, the first cruises, the first uh, time the malls were open, all of these things, they're waiting to see if it shows up again. I think uh, the shoppers and the retail buyers uh, will show up before uh, the second round if there is one. But they're not going to be the first ones out there, I think.
5: Yeah, people will use caution, but for, any, for anybody to expect, we go from shutdown to less shut down and think there's going to be a continual decrease in infection rate, that's foolish. It's so what'll happen is Mr. Cuomo will sit there. Oh, see, I told you. I tried to do what you wanted. Yeah. But we've gone too far, and now I got to shut it down again.
2: Well, Trump has handled it, has handled it through the experts to the states. He says this is a states issue, and he's right. The states should have the decision making power. Uh, for what's best for their residency, because that changes all the time, and, uh, and look at some of the most uh, some of the most liberal states like California, are uh, uh, being the most conservative now, including New York State. I think we're one of the more conservative, uh, and we're going to sit back and watch it and hope we got it right. This is a roll of the dice. I don't think there's any quick, sure answer.
5: Well, the experts like Dr. Falacci and others, they're medical experts. They're not gauging the damage to the economy or damage to people's psyche or anything like that. Mr. Cuobo will put up all these, you know, showing the the hospitalization rates and the uh, intubation rates and that kind of thing. There's nobody putting up a measure to say how much this is affecting the economy. But he'll he'll say to the federal government, send me money, send me money. So. He's trying to show he's being very successful by reducing the death rate.
2: And you know what? Uh, running up to this virus, he's running up a huge uh, def- deficit in New York State. While he's giving uh, illegals free college, wants the gates open, wants the, the wall not uh, built. He, all of these free things, free things, free things. And now he thinks that the federal government is going to pay for him. Uh, because of the virus. So I think it's a very sneaky approach that he's using right now.
5: Well, yeah, he turned a deaf ear, you know, with, with regard to sanctuary cities, didn't want to do anything that the federal government wanted, but now he has his hand out.
2: That's right. Now,
5: another thing that was interesting yesterday, because I listened to all these conferences, and yesterday he talked about, um, or I think it was two days ago, talked about how he's going to increase testing in nursing homes. And now nursing facilities, the healthcare workers must be tested He said twice a week. I'm thinking that's not enough. They should be tested every day. If people are working with our most vulnerable and they're dying like crazy in nursing homes, these people should be tested all the time. Anybody that's working with infected or vulnerable people should be inspected or um, tested like crazy. He's not doing enough there.
2: Yeah, he was talking about the fact that from the time uh, you get it to the time it really shows is about a week. And that's why he uh, said test them once a week. But I I think if you have the ability to do it, testing them every day makes sense if if it can be done efficiently. Uh, And uh, if you can, uh, then got nothing to lose by over-testing as long as you have the ability to do it. Now, whether it's any any better or not, I don't know. Uh, A couple of things about doctors that I do know Doctors are almost always going to be conservative. They're not going to be, hey, take a chance, see how it works out. Nope. They're going to be as conservative as they can, and there's no reason to believe that the doctors now are not acting conservatively. Some people would like more shooting from the hip, but when you've got a deadly virus, maybe that's not the best idea. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much. All right, we'll take a break and then return You know what we're talking about. When the great weather arrives, will you be antsier than you are now? Will a reset be devastating? And are you frightened of the virus and reopening? We'll be back with more on News Radio 930 WBEN. (laughs) And we are back with Beach & Company. I'm Sandy Beach. Full bank of calls. Lots of um, uh, lots of talk. Lots of Facebook. Lots of text. The text line, by the way, I should give that number out more often. It's 30930. When you text, if you don't want to uh, have your voice on the air but you'd like to get your message across, you can text us uh, at 30930. It shows up on the giant screen in front of me. Let's go to line two. That'll be Joe in South Buffalo. Joe, you're on WBEN.
5: Hello, Sandy.
2: Hello, Joe. I'm glad you called. What do you What do you have for us today?
5: I guarantee you, there is going to be another virus after the election when Trump wins the election in January. I checked the Carnack, the magnificent, and he's <laughs> already told me about it.
2: Oh, I think uh, I like what you're saying, and I believe what you're saying. Trump will get reelected. I can't believe uh, uh, Biden would even be a competition for him. Yet a lot of these polls show that Biden's ahead, which I just don't believe.
4: And
5: all these charts, can you really believe all these charts that Cuomo's putting up on the on the, on the screen? It's, it's hard to believe.
2: Well, Cuomo is uh, using, and maybe uh, to some degree the president's using too, uh, almost as a campaign approach uh, by ingratiating himself into your heart. And then you think, well, you know, he's better than Biden. Why don't they find some way to ditch Biden, kick him to the curb, and they'd have a more viable candidate with Cuomo? I mean, that's a logical thought, and a lot of people have expressed it.
4: Right. Okay, that's all I got to say. That's
2: all you got? Okay. Well, thank you for calling, Joe. Let's go to Ann in Buffalo. Ann, you're on WBEN.
0: Good morning. How are you this morning.
2: Hello, you little ray of sunshine. You, what do you have today? I'm fine.
0: Let me let me tell you something. I, you know, I said, and I know I sound like a vocal record, but I have to say it because that's me. You know, I believe I believe little of what I hear. I really do, and I say that for the simple reason is I know something is going on out there, and God bless those people. The uh, the families and things, and I hate people just dying the way they are dying. But until all these medical
7: experts
0: that's running around put a face on whatever is going on out here, then I am not going to be bent out of shape about it. Like I tell you all the time, Sidney, I've always told you this. I trust God because I know whatever is happening here is a God thing. And man, man cannot fix anything. Man make messes. I don't care what he put his head on, he always make a mess. As far as comma I wouldn't what he say out of his mouth no further than I can throw him. And that is no way because he's up and down. He's mad. He don't want people to know how he mismanaged the money in New York state. And now he wants the president to keep feeding him money. And then he had these people. I hope these people wake up and smell the coffee because if you don't pay your rent after three months, you are in deep doo-doo. You better pay your rent in any way possible because these people that you're renting from, they want that rent too. And if they don't want you outside during the summertime, air conditioning is going to go up. You're going to go in electricity and trust me. National grid is not going to let you keep going on and on and on without paying something on that gas bill. I hate it, but that's fact. That's fact. And I think it will go away, but don't let these people frighten y'all and put and have y'all getting into a tizzy about stuff that they don't know what it is. God bless each and every one of you. And I wish you will put your trust in God. He tells you in the Bible, you don't put your confidence in there. You put your trust in God. That's your only way out. And when you pray and ask God for the guidance, you'll be fine. Because they want to open up parks and all that stuff. But not a single one has said, open up the church. America was founded. Oh Christianity. Y'all better wake up and smell the coffee. And with that, Sandy, thank you. And you take care of yourself and love you.
2: Well said. I love you too, Ann. Thank you very much. Uh, Ann is always a welcome caller. And boy, you talk uh, about a dynamic duo when we go from Ann to Pete in Ontario. Pete, you're on WBEN.
7: Hey, Sam. How you doing? Listen, you know what? There's no question. Look, no conservative is going to pick up and answer any kind of uh polling operation especially in a landline so we know that that's just ridiculous come on this guy can't even get his words out right but I'm telling you right now what's going on with this this uh the the uh new acting director of national security Grinnell I love this guy he's a gay guy he's a wonderful man and they're trying to slow him now with the court so they won't uh, won't release the unmasking of these names and I'm telling you if that happens and, and Trump doesn't stand up to that. There was a caller on Rush yesterday. who said he didn't believe Trump does enough. He doesn't. He doesn't get down. This stuff should have been done a long, long time ago. I really agree with that. Now there's no time for for Mister Durham and all that to to to, to flush out. This has got to be done now, Sandy. These people's names. So it's so funny, Sandy, because they're gonna they're trying to slow Grinnell from bringing out the unmasking names, saying. It will be illegal for him to to unmask, to unmask the unmaskers that did it illegally and, <laughs> and, and, and wait elections, midterms and stuff. How preposterous is that? Well, you know what, Sandy? They're going to win. They're going to win. Well,
2: look, who, look who's come out uh, today, I think. Uh, 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 Eric Holder, of all people. Eric Holder. If I were on that side, I would tell Eric to stay home. He hardly has a sterling record and hardly is an example of uh, quality uh, governance while he was in office.
7: But they win, Sandy. Has anybody been held to account? No. Mm -hmm. And then you get Lindsey Graham yesterday talking a big game. If it's it's not immoral, if it's not totally illegal, it's totally 100% a felony. You know, he talks the big game. He's in charge of the Senate. He should have he should have all this stuff many, many moons ago. Sandy, we are, the next six weeks are the biggest weeks of all this scandal coming down. If they do not do the right thing, that there should be no reason why they can't steal the election. If they can do what they did, you don't think they can't just turn around and steal an election?
2: Oh, I absolutely do, and I think that's one of the reasons they want various forms of of voting uh the more different forms of voting the more different forms of uh of uh law breaking as far as I'm concerned because mail in voting yeah the, yeah the mail in can you imagine mail in voting i, I mean I, it's no i we've got too much already we've got extensive we can vote 3 months ahead in some states not good hey peter i i sense your anger i i share it And I think that I feel a good momentum uh, going on right now. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Uh, I I feel that for the first time that there is some oomph behind it. And there wouldn't be a better time to have that oomph because they're also, believe it or not, uh, in in campaign mode. It's hard to believe that because we don't see the the big crowds and we don't see much uh, or hear much. Uh, The the, uh, Democratic candidate, of course, is good comic relief. We'll take a break from uh, this and more on News radio 9:30 WBEN. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not congratulate our own news department, the WBN news Department was up for some major awards and guess what? they won. Uh, I think they won three different uh, in, in three different categories. They won the Edward R. Murray awards. Uh, Edward R. Murray, of course, a noted, tv journalist for sure one of the founding fathers of tv journalism Uh, but uh, we won in three different uh, categories so a lot of hustle by a lot of people who are working very hard Uh, tony uh, are are any of them actually working out of the actual newsroom are they working on remote Uh, where are they
7: uh, I think Bagerman's is the only one really not working out of the newsroom. Uh, everybody else is pretty much in in, uh, in the newsroom. In, and yeah, uh, at various out d- of, uh, different times. Baggerman and, and Brian. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah, and Brian is there with a new baby. Yep. Hey, if you thought doing a remote with a child is difficult, which it is, uh, doing a remote with a baby around, <laughs> good luck to you. Uh, now, I think if anybody's ready to uh, to uh, scream loudly, it would be him. Can you imagine with a newborn, basically?
4: No, no, no,
2: in And, no, and no. that morning show has a lot of info bites, and there's all kinds of cues and things like that that they have to, they have to catch, and they're working with Buzzy, who can uh, handle it, uh, but that's got to be tough. Buzzy, you talk to him. Is he uh, ready to jump off a nearest bridge or what?
3: No, You know what? I have to say, every morning when I talk to Brian, he has been very positive, taking the positives out of it, like, you know, he is home now for all of babies firsts, right? Oh. Something he may have missed being here, he'll be home for.
2: Well, that's right. I think about it like that. In fact, I read an article about uh, uh, how many people are going to stay at home even after they can work out of the main office. And they said one of the advantages of it was that if you had a child that was not unruly, working at home would be uh, save a lot on child care. Because if you had to send your child to child care while you worked uh, at your job, it would be uh, take a big chunk out of your paycheck. Uh, Tony, you know that. You went through that for a, a period of time. Yeah. and Child care is not cheap
7: no it's not
2: but if you can if if you can do your work from home and your child is ruly enough not to interrupt you and your product productivity doesn't go down that's a real plus it's almost like getting a raise sure that's very good so maybe those of you out there uh, who are you know looking forward to that first pregnancy that gives you something to uh, to hang your hat on all right let's go to um, who would be the next jane in amherst jane you're on wben
6: Hello, can you hear me okay?
2: I can hear you loud and clear, Jane. What's on your mind today?
6: I wanna, I do want to thank you for keeping our spirits up, because um, I was doing very well up until Mother's Day, and I had a lovely Mother's Day. I was very nervous, because I had to um, uh, attend my first Mother's Day Zoom meeting with <laughs> mothers from my daughters, a handful of mothers. From my daughter's preschool class and our daughters have completed are completing their first year of college now and the whole thing was oh my gosh i was so nervous with all the technology but i survived and well
2: it's it's nice isn't it nice to have that ability you don't feel like you're alone in the world suddenly there you are up on the screen and there are the people you're talking to Uh, that technology is amazing jane
6: but I did suffer, for, I have suffered from anxiety since then, and I'll tell you why. If your listening audience has a piece of paper and a pen or pencil to write down the, this is an answer to your earlier question, and the same thing for uh, the gentleman after three o'clock, ask the same question Where's the proof? Where is the evidence? Well, there is a Dr. Judy. A Mikovic and a Mr. Kent with a K like a kite, K E N T, Tickin' Lively, Tickin' Lively, J D. Uh, they have coincidentally wrote a book 18 months ago before all this came about. And this woman has spent her entire medical career in the last, I uh, maybe last 20 years, debating. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Burks on stages uh, in front of huge audiences of the medical establishment community internationally. And they have won their debates with these well,
2: two individuals. You know what is troubling, too, is that I just found out today, uh, the two doctors you just named, the two lead doctors, one of them thinks that the number of deaths that have occurred has been underreported. The other one thinks it's been overreported. So you have as diametrical difference as is possible. And uh, I can understand a slight difference, but that's a total difference. And that's a little worrisome to me.
6: You can buy the book cheap. People read them and quickly put them back out. So you can buy them for $3, $4, save your money. But we need to get educated. While we're home, cleaning our houses, overeating, expanding <laughs> our waistlines, and spreading We need to study and educate ourselves and then make informed decisions, the informed consumer. So the book is called Plague of Corruption, colon, Restoring the Faith in the Promise of Science. Now, the, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, she admitted her husband, had been given vaccinations or medications a long time ago for a condition or an ailment. And to this day, he's the person has to stay hibernating on their property. Yet she is maybe much younger than him. She says, I'm in good health. I wear the face mask. I wash my hands. I uh, know how to navigate and she's not worried for herself so i recommend that we read the book so that when we have to talk to our friends and maybe if we're able to chat from a distance
2: and we would have a, we would have a, a more information plague of corruption thank you we're running late for the news but thank you for this and uh, we appreciate it we'll be back after this